0: You are listening to the AI with Maribel Lopez podcast or AI with ML. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining. The AI with ML podcast is produced bi weekly with occasional bonus episodes. This podcast shares the stories of the people behind the new world of data and AI. What are they creating and why does it matter? If you like this episode, please subscribe so you can easily find the podcast again. You can also share your feedback and ideas with me on Twitter and LinkedIn. All links are in the show notes extended show notes can be found at ai with ML.com slash podcasts i hope you'll enjoy the show you are listening to the ai with maribel Lopez podcast or ai with ml if this is your first time listening thank you for joining The AI with ML podcast is produced bi-weekly with occasional bonus episodes. This podcast shares the stories of the people behind the new world of data and AI. What are they creating and why does it matter? If you like this episode, please subscribe so you can easily find the podcast again. You can also share your feedback and ideas with me on Twitter and LinkedIn. All links are in the show notes. Extended show notes can be found at aiwithml.com slash podcasts. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm thrilled to be here today with Sheila Afik-Koifman. She is the Director of Language Technologies at IBM Research AI. Sheila and I have had some discussions before about what's going on in AI and natural language, and I thought she'd be a wonderful guest for the podcast uh, but to get started Sheila let's start with some context on who you are you know how long have you been in the ai field and you know how do you describe what you do
1: okay hi maribel first it's great to be here with you today um i've been in ibm almost 18 years now in ibm research um, working on nearby areas uh, to ai i would say starting with uh, search engine technology Um, information retrieval in general and then over the years expanding into more language technologies and now everything right is is ai so the broader ai field both language and kind of the multimedia space that we also do work in
0: i I love that concept that everything's ai now it's interesting how (laughs) technology has evolved i remember at one point in time i started talking to a lot of enterprise it leaders about this concept of we're going to have big data and analytics and now of course it's like machine learning and ai so you can see that there's this whole um, evolution of technology where it just gets deeper and richer and, and more powerful yeah. so that's that's wonderful now when we spoke we were talking about natural language processing and i know that natural language processing has been Discussed and worked on for quite some time in the industry, but I wonder if you could give me a little context on what's changed in the past several years.
1: Yeah, sure. So, as you say, NLP has been an active research area for quite some time. Uh, so it's not a new field, but um, it is still a very challenging one. So I think in the specifically in the language space, uh, we have not, you know, reached kind of the the level of human capabilities, and we have a lot of more work to do. In the recent years, you know, indeed, kind of the prevalence of AI and the entrance of the deep learning technologies are taking more and more space in this field. Uh, The technology has been pushed forward quite fast. In the language domain specifically, it actually happened a bit later. So there were a lot of advancements in technology over the past few years, but quite around, I think, 2019, that is, um, the new technologies of transformers was introduced, which really brought a big leap in terms of the capabilities um, in the language space. Um, and that helps us push, you know, the technology much faster forward and it has been evolving and improving since. And, you know, the, the capabilities today in language are such that in some tasks, even they reach kind of human level. In um, some, we still have more work to do. But definitely
0: a big, a big leap. Yeah, I think it's interesting. the The definitions of human levels are always really very interesting, and the expectations of what um, individuals have when you say human level. I mean, they really expect it to have all that deep richness and context of how you would actually talk with an individual. And I think that one of the challenges organizations have had is um, trying trying to match it so that we haven't. Overpromised versus where the technology is today and really focusing on what can it be good at, uh, but having said all that, I mean, it, it is an exciting field and it's really moving very rapidly. So what are the areas you're trying to address with your research on NLP today?
1: Yeah. So we kind of go the whole work on the full stack, I would say, right? Starting from the building blocks that, that enable applications that need NLP capabilities, kind of from the bottom level primitives of parsing, semantic parsing and understanding of text and, and up the ladder from that. So if we look at the NLP space, we are in our taxonomy, it's kind of a pipeline where we start with what we call understanding, which is really you know, if it's documents, then extracting the text and understanding what are the text pieces and, and different aspects of that. Um, and then semantic parsing and semantic understanding and things of that nature. The next phase would be kind of classify and enrichments uh, where you start to add um on top of the data, on top of the text, right? Things like sentiment analysis, you know, classification, entity extraction, things of that nature. The next step being what we call retrieval which is okay you you have understood the data you extracted everything you can kind of to to enrich it now you want to use it in different applications so there come uh technologies kind of uh, as retrieval as question answering um and 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 extensions to those and the last a newer maybe uh, thing is generation, right, of text generation. So even if you retrieve or answer a question, you may want to generate kind of a natural-sounding answer. Of course, in the area of Mm -hmm. conversational AI, you generate text inside the context of a conversation. And there are also techniques that are, again, older, but now have uh, gotten a boost with the newer technologies like summarization um, of texts. So we kind of cover all of these levels of of this pipeline, Um, as I said, starting with the core capabilities, document understanding, a lot of work on knowledge representation and how you induce knowledge, um, question answering generation. And in all of these, we we have a kind of a horizontal theme where we look at how do we learn with less data? How do we do easy domain adaptation? Um, How do we customize tools for specific applications and domains and things of that nature?
0: I think when you start getting into this customization around domains, it really starts to get interesting, right? Because then you can start to see some of the power of the technology. Uh, we've talked a lot about um, how we do that, but you know, I, I'm wondering from your perspective, you know, what are some of the challenges you see with translating NLP into enterprises today, and, and how are you thinking about working through some of those?
1: Yeah, definitely. So first, we do core basic research on, you know, like the academic community and and others, Uh, but we did focus on the enterprises Um, and we see through our customers uh, that they have specific needs and that poses specific research challenges for us. So there are a few areas of challenges if I were to categorize them. So starting with the data itself, data availability and the data complexity that we see, so when you go into enterprises, they have a variety of formats that they work with, right? They have presentations, they have documents, they have these different systems that um, the content uh, resides in. They have very complex PDFs, for example. Um, second point on data is that they have less data, right? When you look at these deep learning models, they require a lot of data to train, but mm-hmm. when you come into an enterprise for a specific type of application, they don't have these amounts of data. And... Continuing on that theme, they even have less label data that you need to train these learning models. So those are challenges that we're posed. And the data is multilingual because we work with many enterprises, they work in global environments, um, and you can tackle, you know, um, different languages that we have to, to be able to work with. Um, in addition, since they come from different domains that have their own vocabulary and terminology and specific language, if you think of a kind of a web page. Uh, kind of a generic domain uh, language, and then you go into the legal domain, you know, this is a different language you can say in a sense, even though it's still maybe English in the, in the in case, case. So we want to be able to understand their domain, to understand their knowledge, right, um, that resides kind of in, in their domain, and be able to do everything we do on text uh, with with that lens. And, and another aspect of that that we touched upon is the customization, right? Since you go into different domains, you need to be able to adapt uh, easily to, to these domains. And you also want to enable non-expert users to customize the models. So that's something we come mm-hmm. across quite a lot. Um, not all the companies have data scientists or programmers even, Uh, that can label data and run models and train them. So you want to give them easy to use and really understandable and flexible UIs so that uh, domain experts can really work with your system uh, and with no code and no understanding of data science really help you uh, train the model to their needs. And then there are system requirements, right? They need the models, all this work needs to scale, uh, you need to life, to do life cycle management and, and those aspects that I want to go deeper into today.
0: There's a lot of challenges there. You know, one of the things I think is really interesting with the AI field in general is obviously AI is built on data. And the concept of, do you have labeled data? Do you need to do data augmentation? I think most organizations don't think about the concept of data augmentation so that you can actually get a good corpus of information. They just say, I'm gonna suck in all my historical data and magic is gonna appear out the other side, right? (laughs) And we all want magic to appear out the other side, but it's not quite that easy. So I I think that that's some of, you, you bring up some really interesting opportunities, I think for organizations if they're thinking about it today and working with companies how they how they want to work with their technology vendors so that they can get to the next level and that that domain concept is sort of uh when when you mentioned legal it's like yes legal is a different language even though it's still english there are all these custom terms and you realize as you go from organization to organization just how many custom terms there are right (laughs) so everybody seems to have their own little take on on how they want to say something and and what projects are labeled, and all sorts of other things. Right. So, so, you, you know, with those, with those challenges, I mean, do you think that, they're, that this is going to mean that organizations are going to struggle to use NLP effectively, or is there basically a workaround for this? I mean, you talked about some of the things with lifecycle management and other things. How should companies be thinking about that?
1: So so first, when they go into NLP applications, they indeed need to think about their data, their goals, what they're trying to do, right? And have the right data prepared. On our end, we're trying to solve with technology, right? And tools that we provide them to to go around these issues. So for example, as I mentioned, everything we do, we're looking at aspects of how do you learn with very few examples? um, How do you provide tools to easily label, and, and I can give a bit more details on that. So, for example, um, to do customization of NLP tools, we build tools where the subject matter expert can very easily sit and mark you know, their data. They don't have to kind of label offline. We're building interactive tools where they work with the system. So, the system trains at the back end, it shows them what it understands um, based on their inputs. and and even directs them with techniques that we have, like active learning, for example, directs them to label as least as possible data that will help the model get to the highest accuracy. Um, And this is an iterative uh, work that an SME can do with a system. And for example, in classification use cases that we're trying out, really like in a matter of, I don't know, half an hour, an hour, depending on on where you want to go, um, a completely non-data science expert person can build a classifier with very high accuracy using these techniques. So this is one focus area that we have to help them. Um, Others are, for example, I mentioned the complexity of their documents. We invest a lot in, in, in understanding documents. So... Very advanced techniques that in the, in the OCR space, for example, that can handle very noisy documents because sometimes, you know, these are even contracts or definitely invoices. You know, these are scanned documents. Maybe today, you know, people take a photo of them with their phone and send it over. The quality is really low. So we invest a lot in things of that nature to be able to extract even with low quality, um, scan documents, extract the text. And then a lot of smarts into really deeply understanding the document to be able you know, to serve downstream applications. So for example, understanding you know, the, the kind of um, visuals that we have. Um, one, one area we, we put attention to, for example, is tables because in, in business documents, there are a lot of contents that resides in tables. Um, they may be very complicated. They may be, you know, nested and, and and so on and so forth. And you want to be able to treat the content in them as you treat the text, not just be able to retrieve text, but really pieces of information that are in tables or some other visuals. It can be charts, it can be images, it can be sketches. You want to be able to search for something, and if the answer sits in some diagram or some sketch, you want to be able to later on retrieve that. So you really need to understand what's in each of these uh, visuals. So that's another um, area. Um, we also want to make it usable in terms of understanding, you know, the use cases and the enterprise applications that use, the, um, use these technologies downstream. Okay, so another aspect that we look at is the downstream applications and enterprise use cases that use the NLP technologies. One example can be conversation. So w- when we're in a conversation context, um, although some intents are uh, pretty fine for the bot to handle, there is also a long tail of requests that it may not be trained to. And in these cases, for example, it falls back to a search engine that tries to bring the answer. So for example, in such a use case, you don't want to retrieve documents, right? You really want a fine-grained answer. Um, So that's another area where we prepare the technology so that it's not just search, but really answer-finding technologies. Or as I said, if we understand the tables, it can be a precise answer from a table and so on and so forth so that You know, when you you combine it in your different enterprise applications, you really get what you're looking for and not just kind of a generic uh, technique.
0: Thank you. That was very helpful. I think it really puts it into context for organizations, some of the things that they have to look at. I think I'd like to close with um, a question on, you know, what excites you? So there's a lot of things you could be doing. You know, what lab projects excite you now and what should we be looking forward to learning more about in the future when we have our next podcast together? (laughs)
1: Okay, so an area that I personally like is natural language generation. Um, As I said, the newer techniques enable us to do much more in that respect of creating language. Um, So there are different applications that we're looking at. Some are summarization-based. One example, again, from the conversation space is summarizing human-like summaries of conversations between agents and customers. So imagine that the whole call happens and they need to document it for future use and, and further bookkeeping. Um, and we can automatically now produce you know, short summaries that look really like a person wrote them you know stating what was the problem, what was the solution that the agent um, provided. And another aspect is really generating narratives into applications that are not text-based even. So, for example, imagine BI applications and different types of analysis that are done that can produce, you know, again, numbers, diagrams. And we're working on creating what is called data storytelling on top of that. So, really creating a story that tells, you know, the the story of the data behind it. So, these are pretty pretty cool and new things that, that are going on in the labs that we're pretty excited on, can talk about in the future when we have more to show.
0: I love it. I think that's going to be great. And I think it's going to be super practical. You know, one of the things I spend a lot of time looking at is the practical applications of the research technology. And this is one where you can really see that there's a specific use case and how it would add value. So thank you so much, Sheila, for sharing your time and insight. And I hope that we'll get
1: together again soon. Thank you, Maribel. Pleasure to be here with you today.
0: Thank you for listening. Show notes, subscription links, and additional content can be found at aiwithml.com slash podcasts. Until next time, wishing you all the best. Thank you for listening show notes, subscription links, and additional content can be found at aiwithml.com slash podcasts. Until next time, wishing you all the best.